Stay with me. Okay. Real time. Real time. Real time. Real time. Real time. Real time. Prince Blue. Real time. Real time. Real time. Real time. Real time. Prince Blue. Talk that. Talk that. Talk that. Hello, hello, hello. What is going on, everybody? It is Wednesday. It is 8 o'clock. So it's either Black and Blue Lives or Real Time with Prince Blue. Today it is Real Time with Prince Blue, and we have a special episode today along with special guests today. Um, for y'all that don't know, first of all, I want to thank everybody for joining us and everybody that's up in here today. Thank you. I hope everybody. Oh, yeah, there you go. Today is the, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Today is a special episode because, as y'all know, if you're living under a rock, um, uh, our son, Princeton, has um, autism. He's four years old. And uh, we did one of these specials a while back when he was first diagnosed. And we just wanted to do another one. And give you updates on Princeton's uh, diagnosis. And as a overall universal theme, talk about the financial hardships and some of the things that uh, pe- uh, parents with uh, children with autism and special needs have to go through and the hoops and the hurdles that they have to go through to make sure their children get the best available care. And to do that, I have two very special guests here on my panel. Um, the first I want to introduce, of course, if you see at the bottom right, that is my wife, um, Taika Blue. That is my rock, my uh, my best friend, my cohort, my workmate, my helpmate, my therapist, everything that you want to call her, she is. And at the upper right, we have my sister, my light-skinned sister, Shante Douglas, who is one of the biggest advocates for children with autism. Why? Because she has a beautiful son named Levi who has autism. And she's also an author, a fashion designer. um, She does like voodoo or something. I don't know. She does a lot of things, but um, I want to thank each and one of you for being here. Hello, ladies. How are you? Hey, Prince. Hi there. Uh oh, hold on. Okay. Can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so y'all can hear me. Yeah. Okay, good. I don't know what's going on, but the stuff was off. But how are you, ladies? Let's try to. Oh, can't hear you now. Are oh, you cutting out now? You can't hear me? I can now hear I can you hear now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So All right. let's try this again. How are you, ladies? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Like, <laughs> you answer it like we don't live together. I, I was really talking to Shantae. Like, we live together. I, well, I didn't I want to be you. I wanted the queen to go first. Um, Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Oh. All right. Well, let's just let's just get straight into it. Um, me and Taika, we 
uh, we, uh, Princeton just recently, I think around two weeks ago, he had an appointment with his specialist and everything was good. You know, um, she talked to us and one of the questions that she asked us that, you know, we were blessed to be able to answer it and we were okay. But she was like, how are you guys doing financially? Are you okay? And we was like, you know, yeah, we're good. We're paying, you know, we doing what we got to do. But she, uh, we instantly thought about, you know, what if we weren't okay? And some of the things that happens when it comes to when you're having a, um, you have to pay for uh, services for your children. And these are essential services. These are not things that like, you know, you can just skip by and be like, he'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, I want to ask you, um, honey, when she asked us that, what was your first, what was your first response when she asked you, were we doing okay financially? Um, just one second. I was told that the post did not share on Facebook. So I want to make sure that I do that really quickly. Um, I thought I did. Okay. okay well, go I ahead. We'll, we'll start with, uh. Uh, okay. Shante, why you do that? Okay. Go ahead, honey. Uh, so Shante, um, you're a single mother. You're doing it big with uh Levi, and you've been you've been at this longer than me and my wife have, and it's two of us. Can you talk about the uh some of the financial uh strains that uh some people may not understand what comes, especially because people automatically assume you're getting like Medicaid or you're getting this super uh public assistance or something that's going on can you talk about some of the resources and the financial yeah. strain that goes with that yeah you know what the crazy thing is um services state to state is not created equal so if you live in pennsylvania which um if you are really be thankful because a lot of the services once your kid is diagnosed is automatically paid for by the state once your kid is in the system and, and gets that diagnosis and qualifies for Medicaid, a lot of those services are covered. But if you cross the, the bridge and go into Jersey, that comes out your pocket or they check your your insurance to see what covers and what doesn't. And what and if it doesn't cover something, you got to come out your pockets um, to pay stuff, you know, that's needed for your for your child. And what I've learned from parents that do live in Jersey, there's like a pay scale. So say like you're making an X amount of money based on that, that's when they're going to charge you for services. So I've had, I've had parents tell me they've quit their jobs so that the pay scale can be lower so they can afford to pay, wow. you know, for, for certain services. So it's really crazy out here, but me as a single parent and, you know, I'm very transparent every time you ask me stuff, Prince, but it's, it's, it hasn't been easy. And people will tell me like, you make it look so easy. That's because I don't post everything on social <laughs> media. I'm not going right. to tell y'all when I'm crying and I'm stressed out and my son's having a meltdown and at times I almost got fired from my job because I've exhausted all my PTO, my FMLA, all of that, because, you know, I needed to you know, make an appointment for him. Or I was waiting six months for a certain um, evaluation appointment and something opened up. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to call out from work because we need this. We need this so that we can move forward to help him. So a lot of neurotypical parents don't understand it because all you got to worry about is taking your kid to get, 
you know, their annual checkups, take them to the dentist. And that's it. You don't got to worry about speech, OT, physical therapy, wraparound services, ABA support, you know, all these. And then, you know, with my son, he has additional therapy. So that's another layer of things that he needs support for. I'm just extremely grateful that the section of the city that I live in, um, all of his services are from one particular agency. And they have been extremely great with us over the last five years, almost six years now. Yeah, no, six years. It's been six years now. So, you know, I if I could tell parents that's in a two-parent household and they're financially stable, that's a blessing because, you know, you know that, you know, with our kids, they need that extra support. They need things that you know, that's going to help them thrive, that's going to help, you know, help them get through their day-to-day, you know, um, life skills, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's 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 a struggle out here. I, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. And, and I, you know, that's the one of the things that I do um, admire about you is you're pretty transparent about the struggles. Everything is not... Um, rainbows and unicorns and i would ask my wife um like like we live in like amazon central like we like i make no bones about it and i don't feel bad that me and my wife are blessed and we're able to do a lot for our children especially princeton honey can you talk about some of the things that people may not see like Besides the services and things like that, some of the things that you have personally had to buy um, from Amazon, from other places to help with Princeton's um, uh, autism therapy. Okay. Yeah. So typical, like, of course, like in our home, right? Our home is, it's like Fort Knox. It's very, 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 um, lockdown because of Princeton, right? Because we have to have a chime for every single door entrance, every single window entrance, because he will try to to escape. So that's one huge expense um, for our security system. Our security system, if you open a door, it, it, it verbally says front door open. And he had recently started going to my office window, which is on the first floor. Um, and he learned how to open that. And thankfully we get alerts on our phone and it also says, you know, window open. Um, so we knew to run to the window where he was trying to elope out of. Um, that's one thing. I mean, we have, of course, the little um, child proof locks on the, on the knobs all over the house as well. Um, you know, like toys, we're constantly always buying whatever he's changing from, from, you know, from one second um, to the next, we, you know, have to have weighted blankets, um, you know, like, I, I can't even begin to think of all the things that we, ha- that we, that we have for, for him. Um, and it may not work. Like we may think something is a really good idea and then it overstimulates him and he absolutely hates it. And, you know, it's like, okay, what's the point? Like for his birthday, um, we thought that he really wanted this kind of like car thing to kind of spin around. Um, and I think it was like 250 bucks or something like that. He got in at one good time and hasn't had any interest in it ever since. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just some other stuff that, that, that we buy, but yeah, I'm constantly on, on Amazon trying to find things to con- to constantly stimulate his mind and also to keep him safe. And um, I, I have seen 
like, of course, I see some of the toys and stuff like that that come through for him. So, Shantae, let me ask you this. When you're you let's let's get into the food thing, because this is very fascinating. Uh, both of our children, they have a. Which I think, uh, Levi is more advanced now. He has a bigger selection now, and it took a long time to get there. But with our yep. son, he has a rotation of about five things. So, Shantae, mm-hmm. can you talk about the food aspect of it and how you got to stock up and then you stock up and then he may not like what you stocked up on tomorrow <laughs> and then you're Let's left see. with like 800 bags of uh, pretzels. Talk about that. <laughs> You know, it's funny, like when you post stuff about Princeton, it brings me back to when Levi was that age and it takes me back to it was a very, very limited diet that he was on. And I think in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, everything's a process. That's like my motto when it comes to him, like everything is a process. And when he's ready, he will step into that next threshold of of a milestone. I'm not going to rush my child. I'm not going to make him like catch up to everybody else's kid. You know, everyone else's kid is wolfing down ice cream and pizza and we're at, at the birthday party. And the only thing he's like looking at is like, all right, I want chips. <laughs> that was his thing for like a good two years straight. Like he just wanted chips. Okay. And then I was like, let me just like baby step a little bit. Like, oh, let's try some fruit. Okay. Then I figured out he likes apples. All right, we'll do that. Then it was like, well, let's try some strawberries. He, he was, it was kind of like on the fence with him. Like, all right. So everything was like a process. And I keep telling a lot of other parents because they get really frustrated. Is like, number one, you want safety first. You don't want to force feed your kid and they have a gag reflex and then they're choking. Because my son was a choking hazard because one of his sensories was, was taste. So if something didn't feel right in his mouth, he would gag. And then it's like, oh my God, he's about to choke. And then I'm like ready to do CPR on him. So... It took, I kid you not, it took three years for this kid to eat pizza. It took four years for him to eat broccoli. Now that's, he loves broccoli to death, but it just took a lot of patience. Like you just keep trying different ways of cooking stuff. But going back to what you're saying, you spent, like, listen, it's a car note of what I spent (laughs) on food. Like now he wolfs down everything. I mean, my snacks, his snacks. I'm like, yo, like, I, I remember when he was a toddler, it was like, don't you want to try this? Mm-mm. And he just look at it like, I'm not, I'm not touching it. Give me some Doritos. Give me some pretzels. Give me, it's like all junk food. But you can't eat just that all day. Like you need something else. <laughs> you, you sound like, you sound like uh, my wife. Cause you know, and especially it's like, they like the things that from also from a cultural standpoint, and a health mm-hmm. standpoint that's not good for us as in the black community, the right. uh, chips, hypertension, uh, right. things like that. So mm-hmm. when Princeton, he would love Doritos. And I mean, I'm talking, he'll eat five bags before you like blink. And my yeah. wife, you know, she'll be like, that's too much sodium, son. No, no, no. And then here comes the meltdown. Honey, can you talk to how you as a mother, you're trying to process also trying to make sure Princeton eats, but you know that five bags of Doritos ain't it. So how do you, how do you how did you balance that? Yeah. So before we knew that Princeton had autism, 
um, we did notice like a cycle in foods, right? So he would go through phases where he would just only want potatoes, um, just French fries. And it was that one time that I don't know if it was food poisoning, stomach bug or something, but we were, he was eating his favorite potato, um, like hash brown type snack. And he threw up and he is never, when I say never, he would never touch another anything potato ever again. Um, so some other snacks that he ate as a, as an infant, um, we have been able to cycle back to like, like honey nut Cheerios, puffs. Um, they all have to be a certain flavor. Like it has to be the blueberry Gerber puffs. It has to be the Cheerios, but a certain with it, it matters what's on the outside of the box. Um, and it has to be, um, we were able to get him to start by eating yogurt again, which was good because that means he's getting some type of calcium and a little protein from that. Um, but he really he's very, very particular about yogurt. It has to be the animal, strawberry and banana. Um, and sometimes like if it's if we can't find that particular brand in five stores that his dad may go to during the day, then we, he, he may do Stonyfield. But it has to be a, the particular person on the front of the. Yeah. So it, it can be a lot. And we will go through and, you know, go to we Prince goes to BJ's and gets like big boxes of Doritos, big boxes of um, popcorn. But he has he can't sit there and eat 10 bags of popcorn because of all the sodium and stuff. So it's hard and he won't drink any water. Um, he only drinks chocolate almond milk. So it, it is it's a hard balance. But I've been successful in getting him to take a multivitamin every day now. So that's a good thing. At least I know he's getting some type of supplements. But it, it is a constant struggle. And to that point, um, we've been really trying really hard to get him in with a feeding specialist. Um, we've been trying since August of 2020. Um, and it has been a year since we have tried to get the referral in it's one thing after another and that would be very helpful for him to be able to have um for him to be able to have a feeding specialist where they kind of work a little bit more with him on eating ot is able to do that but unfortunately the ot um the hospital that we went through for ot did not add that to his plan um so that wasn't something that they worked on unfortunately mm. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things uh, I'm glad you talked about the services. It's like you you're vigilant on these in these with these services, but you understand there's also a waiting list. And then guess what else? We're in the middle of a panorama, right? So mm -hmm. you know you're trying to give people leeway because you know it's short staff, but you're also like I know damn well it doesn't take this long to get a referral, but it has. And and that's why that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Let's talk about services and let's talk about when you find a good specialist, how you want to keep that special, even if it means you have to drive 45 minutes, transportation, 45 minutes to an hour. Talk right. about resources and how um, and how particular you have to be when you find a certain person that's going to uh, vibe with you, not just tell you what they think that you're going to do but also ask your input and actually try to treat your child differently and not treat your child as in every autistic child on the spectrum i'll start with shante with that one yeah it's very very important that you know i i go above and beyond once i i click with a specialist and i know that there's good intentions with it because let's just be real. Like everyone that's in this particular field, everyone's not created equal. And we know that. 
some people just they they have good intentions when they they go and get their degrees in this field but my thing is like their bedside manner sucks it's like you still got to be personable <laughs> with the family you know like my kid is not just a case number that you got to complete in 8 hours and then move on to the next one he's still a human being he still needs you know what he needs to thrive and i'm always that parent like listen you're not going to give me what i need I'm going to get it from y'all regardless. If I got to <laughs> rob Peter to pay Paul, I'm going to do it. Regard, You know, he's going to get what he what he's entitled to. So it, once you find like people that are supporting your child and providing services, but you you get that that vibe and you get that sense of family, because I mean, and I know both of you have, have kind of learned along the way that you know, you start inviting people into your life that they start becoming family. You know what I'm saying? Because they're, they're starting to know your kid every single day. They're starting to know you, you know, half of, of Levi's team, they ended up being like a therapy session for me. So they heard everything from <laughs> everything that I've ever talked about. They've heard it all, you know? So it's, it's like, you know, those people come in your life and you, you need to build a really good rapport with people because this is your child. You got to create a healthy environment because it's all for the for the betterment of of our kids, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's it's really important to you know, like you said, I'll I'll drive no matter where I got to drive to if it's for that particular person that's going to be providing the the quality care. Absolutely, without hesitation. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> the reason why I smirked when you said. Um, some of these people best I man it stinks because my wife can give you she can <laughs> talk about her um her standards when it comes to her son lord sometimes i roll my eyes at princeton because i'm like you ain't gonna be having this power over my woman i married her <laughs> and it's because of me that you here you ain't about to be making my woman have emotions that i can't but honey speak to about because just recently, before I let my wife talk, she, um, especially she been looking, you know, now if they can't get you in tomorrow, you'll be like, what you got next? They'll be like March of 2023. Yes. And it just so happened. My wife was like, hey, he, he got an appointment. Like they say, you can come now. You can take them. I had to just, I had to stop what I was doing and just go ahead and take mm -hmm. them. So honey, speak to the bedside manner of some of these, um, some of these services and how, like Shante said, you do become a family with these therapists, especially our um, ABA therapists. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll go back a little bit with the first question that you asked and I wasn't prepared for. Um, when we went to take Princeton to this particular specialist, um, the specialist, she's um, developmental peds. She's the one that diagnosed Princeton back in October of 2020. Um, and when she asked us, are we financially okay? Because um, once we got the diagnosis, we just hit hit the ground running. He was already in OT. He was already in speech, um, but we knew we needed to get him into ABA quickly. And with most places, in our area, ABA waitlist can be a year minimum. Um, so basically, be, and I hate to say this out loud, but it's true. Um, I work I work in, in the insurance field. I've worked for Medicaid. Um, so I've seen this happen multiple times. 
providers have a preference for whoever pays the most, right? So they'll put people on Medicaid on a long wait list and people who have commercial insurance that they know may pay faster, may pay a higher rate, they won't give them a wait list. So when we found our provider, there there was there was no wait list because we have we have commercial insurance. We don't we don't have Medicaid. Um, so he was able to to get in very, very quickly. Um, and that's sad. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be based upon which insurance you have um, for providers to to, you know, serve service your child. Um, but, you know, when she asks us, are we financially OK? We're like, um, I mean, we're going to we're going to have to be um, we're going to have to do whatever it takes to make sure Princeton has what he needs. And so I just like really quickly before the show, I just started looking at some of the bills that we get for Princeton. Um, <laughs> and it's it's a lot. It, it, it can very well be a lot and it can, you know, cause a lot of financial stress in relationships and marriages and all those types of things. But Princeton's speech and OT alone per per day um, is fourteen hundred. $61.30, right? Of course, we're not paying that out of pocket because of insurance, but that's just how much it is um, mm -hmm. per day. His ABA therapy is $300 a day, and he, and he gets ABA um, five days a week, and there's additional packages added on to that, like they family meetings and such. Um, he had to have a hearing test. I looked at that bill. That was about $300 just for that, um, and, you know, the list just, just goes on, on and on, right? And so now we're at the point where he started OT and speech at this particular hospital system. Um, and I think I may have voiced, I don't remember we talked about this online or not, but I was not happy with how things were going there. Um, so I requested to have a family meeting and they basically said that when dad takes him to the OT and speech appointments that he doesn't do well. And, you know, he, he's always ready to go. He's always trying to get out the door. Like they just, you know, like basically in so many words, like he can't come back um, because we're not seeing any progress. So I said, okay, no problem. You know, I'll bring him since his dad is a problem. I guess that's what they were trying to say. Um, I'm not sure, but that's what they said. So I said, I, I would take him. Um, and I observed them a couple times and I, I made the decision that this isn't going to work. It wasn't the fact that they were inconveniencing us by, you know, having me come there during, you know, eight o'clock in the morning or whatever. Um, but it was, it, he wasn't really doing, he, he wasn't really connecting well with them. They wasn't, I mean, they were doing the most basic stuff. Like e seriously, every single toy or thing that they had there, we had purchased it at home and he was doing it in ABA. So when we talked with his behavioral pediatric um, doctor, she was like, you know, if he's doing well at ABA, how about you all decide to increase his hours in ABA instead of kind of forcing him to go to that hospital system and get um, OT and speech there for $1,400, right? Just do what works, right? So we were like, okay, but we definitely wanted to keep him in speech um, because we know that speech works if we have a good therapist. So we are now paying out of pocket <laughs> for in-home speech therapists. And that's okay because we want we want someone that Princeton can connect well with. And sometimes, unfortunately, that's, you know, what you, what, if you can, I mean, that's, that's what you have to do in order to make it work because she basically told us in so many words, like there's not a timeline on when he has to talk by, but I believe she said, if he's not talking by age eight, I believe that was the age she told me, um, then, you know, 
it may it, it very well may not happen. Um, so we really have to get him 30 hours of ABA a week, plus in-home speech therapist, plus um, doing the feed-in therapy as well. So it, it can be very, very costly. Right. Yeah, and I think, um, Shante, you saw the post when I post. Um, like, that's, I'm not going to lie. As as the autism dad, that bothers me that it's a possibility that my son won't be able to speak. And yeah. you're one of the ones that always telling me, like, Blue, like, you know, just, hey, bro, it's going to happen. Just, you know, take time. He's only four. It's early. Like you caught right. it, like y'all doing, you're doing everything, but that will really like that. Will, I'm not gonna lie to you, I can never like that will really like devastate me if my son can't speak. Because then if he can't speak, then other things come to that. Like then he can't communicate to others, and you know what else we got going on now. So if my son has a meltdown and he encounters security, believe blah blah, blah he can't. Yeah. Like, you know, they're like, hey, this guy's a little off. He's just doing whatever. Let's tase him. Let's do this. And I, right. that's my, you know me, I always go to the worst case scenario because right. I've seen it. And that's what right. I don't want. And um, like my wife said, that's one of the things that we paying in home, we paying out of pocket. But I'm willing to do that because my fear is that he won't be able to talk. So. I'm like, if it if I have to go back to work or whatever, I don't have to, thank God. But, you know, I'll do whatever it takes because I just want him to have the best chance to succeed. And mm -hmm. that's just one of my fears. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about. It goes along the uh, financial route is you already going to do 99% of parents are already going to do whatever it takes to make sure their children have the best life. But right. when you have a child with special needs, mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. You're always trying to make sure your kid is, quote unquote, as normal as possible. Because kids with special needs, anybody with special needs are already at a disadvantage from themselves or the way people view them and right. treat them. So right. financially, you're going to do what it takes to make sure that that doesn't happen. And sometimes, you know, you're going to have to make certain sacrifices. I think you talk about some of the sacrifices that, that you want to share that you've had, you've had to make to make sure that Levi gets the best care that he can. Man, where do I even start? I mean, I think the biggest thing was putting self-care Everything that to take care of me, I put that to the side and it was all about Levi. Like, you know, I, I seen friends, you know, going on vacation and going to parties and doing adult things. And part of me, it, it hurt because it was you you become isolated as a special needs parent because people don't know how to move around you now. Like, you know, like I want to say the wrong thing and be offensive. She might not even be able to come out, so I'm going to just not invite her. So it was like that internal thing that I was going through. But at the end of the day, I kept looking at my son and I was like, I owe him this. I don't care if, you know, I got to be isolated from the rest of the world. If my child is thriving, my child is thriving. You know what I'm saying? Like fast forward to my eight-year-old that is telling some lady during <laughs> picture day 
don't tell me what to do. <laughs> like the fact that we we got to this point that he can, you know, express himself. And I was where y'all was at. Trust me when I tell you, like when I tell Prince, and and I went through the same range of emotions. I'm telling you, like it 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 would piss me off to be around parents with quote unquote normal kids. And I hate that that terminology normal because these little raggedy ass neurotypical kids get on my nerves, but um it would kill me because they'd be bragging about oh she's she's talking non-stop and she's doing 85 words and meanwhile mine is just like making sounds you know what i'm saying like that's where he was at but what i kept in the back of my mind was like i just got to keep talking to him i just got to keep that 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 communication because i don't ever want him to feel like something is wrong with me you know what i'm saying so that was like mm -hmm. my driving force in my mind like if he was at my mom's house and I was at work working overnight and she would call me, I would still have a phone conversation with him. Even if it was just dead air on the other end, I was still talking <laughs> to him like, you being good for grandma, you know what you doing? Like I would still keep just having that conversation because in the back of my mind, I'm like, his brain is a sponge right now. So it's all just absorbing. And one day I'm telling y'all one day, like Princess is going to be just blurred out something like, where did that come from? He's just storing it. Like when, when our kids is ready to just like hit the road running this one, I can't catch him now. I'm like, yo, you need, let's just bring it back a little bit. Now you being a little bit, just bring it back just a tiny bit. <laughs> but those in, in the beginning, it was, it was rough. And you know, like I told you Prince, like, we did an episode where I was talking about domestic violence. Like I was in a, an extreme, it was just too much going on around me that I don't even know how I maintain what I maintain in the beginning for him because I was an emotional wreck. I mean, a, a, an undiagnosed mental illness for me and making sure my son was thriving. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, mm -hmm. it was a lot. It was, it was just a lot, but I'll tell you in a heartbeat, I would do it all over again. If that meant like where we're at now, I would go through the mud and I would go through the fire for my child because that's my baby. You know what I'm saying? Like God don't make no mistakes when it comes to our kids. And both of y'all are doing the utmost. When I say like, I admire both of y'all so much of how hard y'all go for your kids because all of your kids, but especially Princeton, because what's really disheartening and parents, Y'all, like, it breaks my heart when I'm sitting in IEP meetings and they're looking at me like I'm a unicorn because parents don't be going as hard for their kids. And this is like a, it's almost like a never ending vicious cycle because you have the good parents that got to fight extra hard for like, listen, y'all need to listen to me when I'm trying to advocate for my kid. But then they looking at you because it's like 85% of the parents just gave up and they're just like, well, I'm not showing up for an IEP meeting. I'm not doing this. Like, okay, he can't talk fine. All right, whatever. No, he, he'll be all right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's right. so many things that, and I'm pretty sure y'all, you know, y'all have run into those situations where y'all live it. And Philly, it's, it's terrible. Like half of the parents I know, they're the ones advocating going hard. And then there's other parents they just disappear. Like the kids not showing up to school. They don't give a damn about truancy. <laughs> it was like, it, it's terrible. It's it's terrible. And it's just like, how do y'all just sit back and not go hard for this, this human being you gave birth to? They didn't ask to be born. They didn't ask to have autism. You know what I'm saying? Like us as parents, we owe that to our kids, you know, and my driving force, it was already one that just, he, he didn't want to accept the fact that his son had autism. I was not going to fail him at all. You know what I'm saying? So 
all I can say to both of y'all, like, I'm proud of both of y'all. Y'all, you know, y'all are doing a damn thing when it comes to Princeton. I love seeing pictures of him. He, to me, he's thriving. So don't beat yourselves up because I do that all the time with me. I really don't, I still don't think I still do enough for, for my child. But that's just me being, you know, I, I expect the most out of myself to be what I need to be for him. But it's going to come, like like I said, everything's a journey and everything is um, comes in its own time. But it's going to happen. I, I really do. Because as I'm watching Princeton, I, I'm telling y'all, it's really how Levi was. It starts off with making these noises, then the short little phrases. And now I can't get this kid to shut up. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's the point where y'all on the phone like, yo, can you be quiet? I'm on the phone, mom. But I just went like you know, dinner number five, you just ate, go to bed. Can you just go to bed? So yeah, it, it'll get there, but y'all are, y'all doing so much for him and he's so blessed to have both of y'all as his parents. So I, I really wanted to let y'all know that. And, and thank you. And the, I'll tell, talk to my wife about it because she, um, she really like, she goes so hard. And sometimes I, again, Y'all know this is this is a pro true channel. When sometimes like she'll be like, Princess has parent teacher conference uh Friday. And I'll jokingly, I'll be like, you know how many parent teacher conferences my dad went to? <laughs> One ahead. Zero. And then she'll be like, but that's the, you know, we're not them, you know, that's problem, you know, we gotta do. But you know, it is generational. And honey, can you speak to some of that? Because you know, sometimes. I'm, let's be honest, the way they paint black parents sometimes, or a lot of parents in general, you don't yes. give it now. So, honey, can you talk about the reason why you go so hard for Princeton and all of them, if they need something or if there's a meeting or something, talk about uh, why it's important that you be there. Um, well, because I'm their mom <laughs> and I'm their best advocate. Um, so yeah, I mean, just speaking a little a little about Princess. So Princess had a speech delay as well. Um, my family, everybody can speak to that because nobody could ever understand what she was saying besides me. Uh, and so you know, I, and then just one day, like it's like the floodgates open, and she just was talking up a storm, and it's like. She never stops talking. So um, I'm really hoping, you know, the same for Princeton. And that's what we thought um, was happening with Princeton. We thought, okay, he's going to have a speech later, like Princess, and we'll, you know, just get him speech and, you know, he'll be fine. But we recognize other symptoms um, as well. But the reason I go so hard, especially for Princeton, is because he can't speak up for himself, right? So I couldn't imagine... Um, putting him in a situation that makes him feel uncomfortable or if he doesn't like something, I want to be able to help people understand, okay, um, this is this is my son. This is what he likes. This is what he doesn't like. This is, you know, so I, I have to be able to speak up for them because I, I was attending um, family meetings with, you know, families and, and a lot of parents, they're just they're burnt out. Like they, they don't, first of all, they don't want to accept the diagnosis, right? They, they are like, Oh, he's fine. You know, Oh, she's fine or whatever. Um, they have a hard time accepting it, especially in the black community. Um, and, and so for Princeton, I just want to make sure that since he can't speak up for himself, we're going to make sure that we, we speak up for him. And there was an instance more recently, and I have to admit that 
I probably overreacted a little bit, um, but <laughs> but there is there's a person um, at my son's ABA clinic, um, and she was giving us a hard time. I thought she was giving us a hard time. And it just became a big deal. It became a big deal where everybody in the organization needed to be CC'd on our emails because we were like really button heads. Um, and we had to have a family meeting. And my big thing was, <laughs> my big thing was, I'm not about to let my son come to your clinic if I, if if me and you are having a hard time because I don't know if you're gonna say or do something to my son or whatever. So, and you know, I know that's a little dramatic, but that's how me as a mama bear that that's how I think. But I had to take a step back to realize that her goal was to make sure that his therapy stayed consistent, right? So he's supposed to get 25 hours a week. And, you know, during the summers, we would go on vacations and stuff. So that was her giving me a hard time. Like, hey, we have to make sure it stays consistent or insurance could give us a hard time and we, we, we can't get his hours approved for the next six months. And so I'm like, okay, you know, you're right. I don't like your tone. I don't like your delivery, but 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 you're right. Um, so now Princeton is back in the clinic three days a week. Um, He's getting 30 hours a week, but yeah, I kind of maybe overdid it. Yeah, maybe just a little bit. And I'm always in the background, <laughs> like, like, cause you know me, I'm like, I'm like, why am I here? Like, what is it? Oh, my wife mad, so I gotta get mad. Like, and you know, I get, I can get mad because my wife mad. It's so funny. Like, I can really like just get mad, and I don't even know why I'm mad. I'm just cussing <laughs> at me. I'm like, why are you cussing at me? Cause my wife is mad. <laughs> so, but. You know, and, and that's one of the things about um, another thing that people don't understand when it comes to financially and when you got a kid's okay, because Princeton, she gets really bad anxiety about Princeton. And like it comes to the point to where if we want to go on vacation, either I take him, either, either I take him, which means we got to take everybody else, or we go by ourselves. And she's worried the whole time about him. So so that's where the financially it becomes expensive because if we take Princeton, we got to take everybody else. And then you're paying for that plane ticket, that plane ticket, that plane ticket, extra rooms for hotel, blah, blah, blah. When we just want to get away for a simple 24 hours, but she's constantly worried. She's checking CPI. She's getting alerts. I'm like, honey, he's fine. She's FaceTiming him. Like, it's like, it's crazy. And people don't understand that. Like you were saying, some some people don't know how to move around you, and they won't invite you, because I'm going to be honest, sometimes Princeton, it may be that day where he's like, you know what, I'm about to just scream, because something bothered me, some noise, or some music is bothering me, and sometimes some people, they don't, they don't know how to they don't know how to interact with that. And the last thing we want is anybody looking at our child wrong, and then we're, um, giving them the uh what you call it the rested bitch face because yeah. we don't play when it comes to our kids but i think we got a good question here somewhere let me see i think it was from foggy then foggy asked she said um do you guys oh this is a good one do you guys seek any therapy for yourselves being the parents of children with autism mm -hmm. uh i'll start with you uh Chate. do you seek any therapy Absolutely. Um, and I'll touch on um, other services that um, Levi's involved with that's outside of autism. 
he's also diagnosed with an adjustment disorder due to trauma. And I was officially diagnosed with PTSD. We were both diagnosed in 2019 and he sees a therapist every other week. I've kind of fallen off a little bit with um, with therapy, but I was going at least twice a month for just a mental health check-in. It's, it's really important to take care of your mental. I'm about to sound like, uh, what's his name from the Seahawks? You got to take care of your mentals. But it's really important because the responsibility we have as autism parents Parents who have kids that are neurotypical, they don't got to worry about the, the the things we worry about. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I totally agree with Taika about, you know, when I went on vacation, and I can so relate because Taika, I went on vacation in July. This was the first vacation I took in six years. I'm talking about getting on a plane and leaving Pennsylvania. Six years, okay? So, you know, my anxiety was already up leaving the state, <laughs> And I'm in Florida and I'm supposed to be on the beach having fun. And I'm like checking in, like, is Levi good? You know, everything's, you know, it was like that separation anxiety type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's really important to, to take care of your mental health because it's only going to make you a better parent for your kid because, and especially with um, autistic kids, they can feel that those vibes, they can feel, like my son's real good about reading my face. Like, mom, why are you upset? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, and I wouldn't even realize he's like, why are you sad? What's wrong? So he's really connected to me emotionally. So I really have to check how my emotional state is around him because I don't want him absorbing that and then taking on something that's not for him to take on. So yeah, it's really important. And and real quick before my wife gets to it, I'm glad you said that because one of the things, um, one of the quote unquote uh, symptoms or um, behavioral issues is social awkwardness. But you just said it yourself. Levi reads the room better than anybody. Well, at least he reads his mom and he knows when it's something wrong with his mom. So that's another thing where, you know, I look at Princeton sometimes and he just knows. And qu real quick, like one time, like I bust my ass falling down the steps. I mean, I, I missed the step. Slid down the whole steps, and it was so. Bad. Okay, why, why, why were you? Why did you fall down the steps? Don't leave the part out. Okay, okay. Everybody knows I'm diagnosed with bipolar and all that. But one of the things is, if I really like something, like I'll keep playing it over and over and over and over. So it was just when uh, Stephen A. Smith did that clip where he was talking about Lamar Odom. He's talking about the Knicks when he said the New York Knicks first uh, order of business was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. And it just made me laugh. And I played it like multiple times and I kept saying it. And I went down the steps and I forgot a step. I bust my ass. I went way down to the bottom to the door and Princeton dropped what he was doing, and he was leaning over me like uh, Simba when Mufasa fell off the cliff. He was, <laughs> he's like, Papa. I was he actually said Dada. He hasn't said Dada in a long he time. He did. Dad, dad. In a long time. And he was like, Dad, Dad, because he knew. He's like, yo, Dad took an L. He busted his ass down the steps. Like, I know if he get hurt, Lord, who's going to be taking me? You going to pick me up. But he definitely <laughs> said something. But, um, Honey, so talk about 
the anxiety and the you and I, you know, it's no secret. Sometimes we get into it about Princeton because you'll think I'm too harsh on them and I'll think you're too soft on them. And sometimes we we butt heads and we get upset with each other because of trying to make decisions for Princeton. And that all borders into the mental health and getting upset. So talk talk about that from your side, honey. Um, so do I seek therapy for being um, a parent of a child with special needs? No, that's not a good thing. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I will just say that, um, and I may be speaking for a lot of therapists, but it's really hard for a therapist to seek therapy. Um, it shouldn't be that way, <laughs> but it, it can be. It, it it really can be. I have in the past, um, before I had Princess, um, due to a very stressful, very, very, very stressful um, job. And um, and that was, you know, that was before Princeton was diagnosed. But since he's been diagnosed, no, I have not sought um, therapy. I don't think it's gotten to that point yet because I think we have a pretty good system. Um, but it doesn't mean that we don't need to do it because it can be a lot. Princeton doesn't sleep very well. So it's hard for us to sleep um, if he doesn't take melatonin. Um, at a certain time every night, um, he'll be up at like five o'clock in the morning and turning on the lights. He has a potty in our room now. So when he has to get up and go to the bathroom, he, he flips, <laughs> he flips on the lights. He's like using the bathroom inside of you our bedroom. Do you hear like somebody's pouring water at <laughs> in the morning or somebody's grunting at five in the morning, like they got a job. I'm like, yo, I know you ain't dropping no logs, son. I'm up. <laughs> it's five in the morning. But that's yeah. him. He'll flick the light on, grab his phone, sit on the toilet, and, you know, he'll do what he does. Um, And to answer it, no, I don't seek um, therapy because I already talk to a therapist uh, twice a month for uh, my mental health issues. But... I, like my wife said, I do, if you can, if you need to talk to somebody, absolutely do it because it mm -hmm. can, it can become a lot and you need somebody to lean on or you need somebody to bounce some things off. And that, that just helps with you and your relationship and being able to communicate with your, because one thing about autism, either they're going to know why you're upset or they're going to know you're upset. And if you're lashing out at them, then they're going to think they're the problem. And you don't you don't want that. So um, I also want to ask about when it comes to. Let's talk about financially far as the everybody was talking about how it's a strain. But let's talk about if there's one thing that having a child with autism and special needs, what is one thing financially that it actually helps. That is I already got one. I already got one. Think about it. If you, if, okay, Princeton only eats, if he only eats five things, you ain't got to oh, worry about yeah. bills. Right. You ain't got to worry about them ordering. Like when we go to the restaurant, we know he good. We pack this snack. Right. That's whole, that's one whole meal and drink off, off the, uh, off the menu. So one thing I would say financially that it helps that he's such a picky eater and one of his superpowers is that is that we don't have to spend a lot of money on different types of food that'll go to waste, blah, blah, blah. 
You know, we right. buy a lot of stuff that 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 has a long shelf life because eventually he'll come back around to it right. and it's still good. So that's right. one of the things um, I personally think that it helps that, um, you know, one of his superpowers is he's very picky eating. I don't know if y'all have something that you um, um that you consider. I will say, like, when it comes to toys, I'm just very grateful. Levi... <laughs> Being eight, he's still all he cares about is Hot Wheel cars, and that's very <laughs> compared to what I be seeing other people's kids. Like, I want an iPhone, I want this, I want like that's great. You want Hot Wheels? That's that's what you get for Christmas, and he'd be the happiest kid. Listen, <laughs> and the miles don't around do his house. Nah, don't do that, Levi. No, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to talk to Levi. Be like, yo, we gonna have to start. No, don't let her go the twenty dollars to the Family Dollar. <laughs> And get you 20 Hot Wheels and, and sit back. <laughs> but no, if that's what he loves, hey. Right. I, I'm all for it. That 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 is fantastic. Honey, what about you? You you all both said it already. Like it's mainly the food, right? We when we go out to eat, they're like, okay, what about him? We're like, we already have a snack, so we don't have to pay for anything. And then as far as toys, he will get fix he gets fixated on certain toys. So he has a phone, one particular toy phone that he likes. Um he does like uh race cars, but only one it has to be the, the the gray one. Like and so like as long as you can keep that one thing um safe and don't lose it, you're you're gonna be good. Like he doesn't care. Like we have a whole toy room here, playroom here that I'm sitting in right now. Ask Princeton if he cares about being in the playroom playing with toys. Princess, on the other hand, every single day she has something new that she <laughs> needs us to buy. Um, and Elijah too, right? So like it's a, a, one more electronic that, you know, he needs us to get. Um, so yeah, that that part does save us a lot of money because Princeton is, is completely simple with his toys and his food. Mm -hmm. And for the longest, we saved money on clothes because he was in one yes. all day. <laughs> right. Everything yeah. <laughs> go out, foot out. We would cut mm -hmm. the feet out. Like, listen, that's all he would wear. But yeah. you know, now he's wearing clothes. So now his mom is going overboard with all this Mickey Mouse apparel. I'm like, first of all, I didn't know they sold Mickey uh Disney apparel like that because he'd be having full Mickey Mouse jump sets, jumpsuits, sweaters, hoodies. <laughs> I'm like. Like, come on, Disney, y'all gotta hook us up or something. We spending all right. this money. But um, when it came to this episode, I just, because the wife asked me to do it, and she wanted, one of the things we want to do, we wanted to update um, Princeton's uh, Chronicles and update how he's doing, and um, let y'all know that now Princeton has, he has an Instagram page, that his wife, that his wife, that my wife <laughs> told me to make for him. And at first I asked her, was she sure? But um, she, you know, she's going to be in charge of that. So she's going to be posting stuff, pictures and, you know, his videos and stuff like that. But honey, can you speak to the progress, some of the progress that yeah. Princeton has made since um, his diagnosis? Yes, absolutely. So um, his doctor was so impressed because, like I said, when she seen him in October of 2020, like, you know, he he couldn't sit still for, for a very long period of time. 
now he's at the point now he can sit at a table, he can stay focused on a task. Um, you know, he's he's eating a little bit more food than than he was before. I mean, he's taking multivitamins. I mean, my God, boy, he's going to the potty. I'm mean, that that there alone for us, it that's it. Like because I was thinking, okay, when it's time for him to go to school, um, will we have to send him to a specialized school that's only for children with special needs because he's not able to go to the potty? Um, but he is. He, he does it completely independently. I mean, of course, he has still has some you know work to do because he still prefers to use his tiny potty and not the the big potty. Um, but you know, he's able to you know go go to the potty. Um, I mean, he's 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 doing so much, and we've heard some sounds that that we think are words. Prince always says it's not oh, words. <laughs> Me and his ABA therapist, and you know her boss, we we hear him say things. Um, I mean, and it's just amazing, like just watching him. And you know, you all people used to before we had a diagnosis people would make comments like, why won't you cut his hair? His hair is so, for lack of a better term, nappy. Um, because we we came up, when he turned two, we were like, we're going to lock his hair because he had so much, we didn't want to cut it. And he was very sensitive to touching his hair. And um, so we decided, you know, to lock his hair. And that was a huge process. Like we, thankfully we've had some great people who've helped us along the, the process. Um, my friend Tyson, she's also, Uh-oh. Oh, she froze. You froze. Um, her friend Tyson, who started the process, and um, she'll my wife will come up in. But her friend Tyson started the process and um helped helped her out, um, helped us out. And what happened was he was he would like scream. I would like have to physically hold him to where um I would be sweating and I would be, you know, it'll be like a workout. Like one time I put my Apple watch on and I burnt like 300 calories trying to hold him while he got his hair um, uh, retwisted or locked. So that's the one thing about it. Um, like it used to bother me that I think we got it back. Oh, I was there you go, honey. Okay. Yeah, you froze. Oh, sorry. I'm going to use that picture too. <laughs> But okay, I was just talking about his hair. Like, you know, his hair, that's a big deal. Um, and we, his, his, um, I may mix up the terms, but his dread, um, look really, really locks, locks. That's what I was trying to say. Um, they look really good. And, um, and that's another big thing because he wasn't able to sit still. He's I mean, his dad still fights with him when he's in the salon chair, but you know, he's he's doing much better. Um, with that, I mean, like it, it it just amazes me every day when I see how he I mean, if I think about sitting and doing some type of intervention for five hours, I mean, he sits through that all day long, task upon task upon task. Um, that he's that he's able to do, and he wears clothes now because we before you, you all knew like he he really we couldn't keep him in clothes because he kept taking his clothes off. I mean he still does that sometimes, but it's not as bad as as it was before. And we go on walks every day. Um, the big thing with Princeton is elopement. He's able to go on a walk with me and his ABA therapist, and he's able to hold her hand without trying to um, escape. It's just I mean he's making so much progress, and I can't wait to see how much more progress he makes. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, that's good. So I say it's been a year. 
Levi has um, done some milestones. Talk about some of his milestones this past year. Um, man, um, when we did the IEP meeting at the end of second grade, he mastered all of his behavior goals, which took years. I mean, at one point, my son was flipping tables, throwing stuff at classmates, hitting staff. Um, it was pretty bad. Um but I never blamed him for those behaviors because they were they were typical behaviors in response to being an autistic child. And that's what I kept, it got exhausting. I, I'm not even gonna hold y'all. Like it got to the point where I almost tapped out because I was like, I'm doing everything possible to help my child. And I feel like I kept hitting a brick wall when it came time for school. It, it just felt like, you know, everyone sitting at this table has a master's degree, but yet I got to explain to y'all the difference between, you know, a response to trauma and a meltdown. And it it's two completely different things. And, and unless you have PTSD or some type of trauma disorder, you don't know what to look for. Like I can never relate to my child as far as autism is concerned, but the trauma side of it, absolutely. And I try, you know, and it, it took a lot of me just you know, sitting down with his entire team and being like, it does nobody, especially my child, any justice if we keep amending this IEP, but the teacher, and she was, she was on the call. Cause I don't, I don't bite my tongue for nobody. I said, she does not care about my child. I don't care how many goals we update, how many accommodations we make. If she's not following through with it, it's pointless. I can't be everywhere all the time. Like if I could duplicate myself, I would, you know what I'm saying? But I can't. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's like, what, what, like, what does she go to school for? Like, like her whole personality was trash as far as how are you a special education teacher and you're denying my child? This is what I was later on finding out. This is why she kept getting hit by Levi. He would, and, and the fact that it took a lot of effort for him to tell her I need a break and she wasn't giving him a break. So then I told her right to her face, then you need to get hit upside your head. If my son already has a communication barrier and we're constantly working on his speech for him to even acknowledge the fact that he needs a break and knows now he can communicate that to you. That was a milestone that needed to be celebrated, but instead of celebrating it, you denied him access to something he was requesting. So you got hit. What else did you think was going to happen? So she, they removed her out of that classroom because they got sick of me. So <laughs> second grade, we, we got a brand new teacher. And when I tell y'all, it was like a 360. Mind you, this is going, you know, still in the pandemic and then transitioning from virtual back to the classroom. Behaviors was like disappeared. You know, he was doing like typical, like, no, I don't want to do that. But still do his work, you know, like talking back to the teacher or whatever. But like the hitting, the screaming, the scratching, punching, kicking, all that was like just disappeared. You know what I'm saying? And like I cried because I'm like, y'all don't even know. Well, y'all know taking him to the doctor's office, taking him to the dentist, taking him to the barber shop. I mean, I've been kicked, punched, bit, you know, screaming in my ear as I got him in a headlock so that. He can get his hair cut. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of parents don't understand what we go through and it's mm -hmm. heartbreaking. You don't want to see your kid go through that, but it's like, I can't have my kid walking out the house looking raggedy either. Like mm -hmm. 
And I understand it. It's a, it's a sensory issue, but I was like, I just got to keep working at it. I mean, my, mm-hmm. my parenting skills may not work for another parent because all of our kids are different, but he mastered what really made me cry. Like I, I literally bust out crying in the middle of the IP meeting last, the end of second grade was that he mastered a lot of his speech goals that we've been working on and I'm not going to cry on here, but it was like, you know, I just, it, it took me back to those times where, you know, I was determined to keep that communication open with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just never gave up hope that he's going to tell me that he loves me. That that first time, like when, when y'all get to that point of him and it, it'll come out of nowhere. Like when he told me that for the very first time, I like, you couldn't even console me at that point. I was crying so hard because it's those moments that other parents take for granted. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when our kids do something that they haven't done before, like, I mean, putting him on the, like you saw my tweet this morning, putting him on the bus to go to school now. I cry. <laughs> it's little things like, and he was hype. He didn't even say bye, mom, nothing. I love you. He, he was like, just like, oh, the bus like, is yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, <laughs> it's time yeah. to F stuff up at school. Bye, mom. <laughs> yeah, know, he listen, he ready to go flex. No, got the haircut, got the kicks. <laughs> like, Levi, and that's one of the things about um, uh, Princeton is he's so independent to where there he is right there. Hello, son. He must have busted in there. He's so independent. Like, if I open the door, like, he, he's ready to go. Like, it was to a point where he would pick which car he wanted. It was for a while mm-hmm. that he only wanted to ride in his mom's car. And I would try to take him to my car. And he, would, he was not having it. But now we got mm-hmm. him back to where he can get in both. Um, another thing that he does now that um i love is that he the potty training is huge um the next milestone mm-hmm. is for him to be able to pull his pants back up when he's done because now it's like once the pants is down now he think he can just run around and just be all over the place but right. um it like all the things that he, do, he he does he continues to do like i'm just amazed at it um the fact that he can he can communicate with us you know with his little book where he can he, he picks up a picture of his cheeses that's what he wants he wants the remote or he wants to go outside he wants to jump on a trampoline um certain things that he can do is so um it's it's it just amazed me now the one thing that he does that we're going to have to work on is he's very sensitive when it comes to music. So if I'm in the car and a yeah. song come on, like he, like he's going to probably be, we left us, but he's probably going to be a yeah. music producer because instantly he'll do this. He like, he's not yes, trying to Yeah. So we going to send, send all your rappers, all your R and B artists to my son. They're going to be like, Hey, we're going to have to send you to Princeton. If he covers his ears, it's not a hit. Right. No go. You you can't release that. But um he's uh I'm I'm so proud of him. Um I'm so proud of Levi. I'm so proud of everybody um in our close autism community, all the ABA therapists, everybody that really gives a damn because man, his his ABA therapist, Miss Tiffany, and we got a surprise coming up 
possibly in the next two weeks. We're not going to spoil it. Um, but it, it, we got a very good opportunity coming up. But man, Miss Tiffany, uh, Mister, uh, what's 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 the um, tall guy's name? Mister Ben. He, I just call him tall guy, tall white guy. Mister Ben. He's uh, so awesome, and and I can attest to what you said. When you find a teacher that really cares and 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 makes a difference for your child, you want to hold on to them. And um, with that said, um. Honey, do, do you have anything that you want to add before we uh get out of here? Um, I want to be able to share more like resources with parents who may have children with special needs. So that's why we created the Princeton under is underscore yes, Chronicles um, on Instagram. We just started today. So be patient with us. We haven't put any content up at all, but I want to be able to share more information, like things that you can do um, to be able to get ABA therapy, to be able to get speech, to be able to get, um, we're working on getting him a communication device, um, which could cost a whole lot of money. Are, are you leaving? Oh. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, that could cost a whole lot of money, but um, there's a resource in Greensboro we're going to have to drive to and get him evaluated there, and hopefully they'll be able to get it approved through insurance. Um, so stuff like that, um, we, you know, I would, I would like to share more. I know people have mixed reviews about the autism society, but sometimes they do have some, some good resources and things like that. So I just want to be able to help as many people as possible, um, to learn more about how to, what signs to look for, who to go to, how to advocate for your, for your child. Um, because sometimes you can get lost and thankfully our doctor, I mean, she's amazing. Um, she gave us like a long, long list of resources, even a grant to apply for, um, for Princeton to be able to get more things for him that we may need. Um, so yeah, this is the opera. There's so many things out there, but sometimes you may feel lost. I just want to be able to, um, create that space so other people can, you know, find those resources as well. That's great. Thank you. No problem. Uh, um, so I tell, t tell everybody what you're working on, girl. I know you got some, brewing. What you got? Yeah, um, I didn't expect October to be so busy, but um, if you're in the Philly area, Philly, Jersey, Delaware area, this weekend, I got two events coming that's free to... Um, everyone that if you have a loved one with autism, Saturday, October 16th, I will be a vendor at my friend Thomasina's second annual Walk for Autism. Shout out to her. She has her own nonprofit organization for her son, Tahir. It's called Tahir's Village. Um, that's the name of the Instagram page. If you're interested in following her page, she's, done, she's doing so many um, amazing things in the North Philly area of the city, which is in very dire need of support that kind of gets overlooked. And we could talk about that at another time about how different demographics kind of get forgotten when it comes to autism. And it kind of piggybacks on what Prince, what you were talking about financially, how some things are more available to people who can afford it and what's, what's not available for people who can't afford things for their kids. But she's providing so many great things for kids. So all the proceeds from what I'm selling uh, with the books on Saturday, 
100% of the proceeds will be going to her nonprofit organization because I believe in her that much and I support her. I love her dearly. She has a heart of gold and we just need to support our black people within the, the, the autism community because it's just, it's just, it's already enough drama going on. We need to bring a sense of community back. So if you come out on Saturday, you know, buy some books, they're all going to be discounted, but everything goes to Tahir's Village to help support our, our black autistic kids. Sunday, I will be at an autism resource fair in Frankfurt. So if you're in the Northeast area of the city, I will be a vendor at that one. And this is any type of organization that's in Philly that supports autism families, please come out. We already have a hundred people registered for the, um, um, the event so far. So we're going to have sensory activities. I'm going to be selling my books. Um, different organizations from speech, occupational therapy, um, other authors, um, a lot of autism activists, advocates. Um, it's just going to be such a great time. And um, October 23rd, <laughs> um, I'm also a board member for a nonprofit organization for anti-bullying. So we are doing a youth empowering youth fashion show. Proceeds from that will be helping to build our peer-to-peer -peer program to help kids that are victims of bullying. Also, October 30th, I will be a key speaker for a virtual conference. So I will be, um, actually that link is my pinned tweet. So the link to register and the flyer for that is on my Twitter page. Um, so it's free to register. I'll be talking about advocacy and being a voice for your, for your child. There'll be other panelists there talking about different topics. Very resourceful if you want to, you know, register to log in and just feel like you're not alone in all this. That's, that's the bottom line. Like we need to bring a sense of community back. No matter if you live in South Carolina, Philly, the West coast, Midwest, you know, we're all connected in some way because all of us are going through the same struggles and some variation when it comes to our kids. So that's it for October. What I'm doing. I have another event coming in November, but I'll talk about that at another time. <laughs> Damn, you just left out Halloween shit. Uh, but um, <laughs> but listen, um, keep doing what you're doing. Um, I, you know, I always appreciate you know anytime I can help you do anything, even if I just tweet it out, bring awareness to it. You know, I'll do it. Thank you for joining me, and thank everybody out there for um joining us during this. Um, I know this isn't an easy episode or easy topic because if you don't have child with autism then you're like why am i listening but if you do you're like yeah i'm listening to other people should too but thank you make sure you like share this um make sure you uh get as many people involved and if you have any questions of me i'm at real prince boo on twitter tiktok instagram um shante is at levi's mom right on yeah, twitter 82. yep 82 on twitter and um if you want to talk to my wife, don't. You talk to me first, and then I'll, I'll relay the message to my wife. If you would like to find me, you can find me at, at Taika, right, at, um, on Instagram. Find me at thesehands.com. Talk, talk to my wife. Don't be reaching out to my wife. All right, man. I love everybody. Thank you. She has something to say. What? what is Please always tell your mother. Yeah, so your, mom, so your mom can send um, emails to the principal and the vice principal and everybody that will listen um, because we need an investigation done. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, listen. 
Everybody have fun. Everybody enjoy yourself. Please, everybody, just be with your loved ones and make sure that um everything is good and take care of each other. And we are out of here. Thank you for joining us. And everybody. y'all about to listen to this Bye. trap music because this this is John Blaze. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Look, say it with me. Okay. Real time, real time, real time, real time, real time, real time. Prince Blue. Real time, real time, real time, real time, real time. Prince Blue. Talk that. Talk that.